This is the Brazil Institute podcast. I'm your host, Anya Prusa. Politics in Brazil has long been criticized for cronyism, rent-seeking, and outright corruption, often to the detriment of the public that these elected officials are intended to represent. But in the last few years, there's been a new focus on making politics more ethical, accountable, inclusive, and data-driven. Young politicians from diverse backgrounds and political parties, unified by a belief in public service, are running for office and getting elected. And in some cases, they are starting to shift conversations in the halls of power. It's an idealistic goal and one that will take time. What does it take to change a political culture? In the following interview, Brazil Institute Director Ricardo Zuniga speaks with Eduardo Mufarej, a Brazilian investor and entrepreneur who founded the NGO Hinova BR, an organization that trains young, aspiring political leaders and policymakers to run for office and actively participate in government. Eduardo, thank you so much for being on the, on the show for us, and uh, we really appreciate your coming here. I am particularly glad to have you on because I had the very good opportunity to meet you when you were first uh, launching this project or shortly after you'd begun this project, and, and uh, I was in Sao Paulo at that time. And I was very impressed at that time with the level of organization and what we saw, and especially with the quality of the people that you were bringing on board. And uh, being somebody who has worked across the Americas, I thought uh, watching this project perform over time would be especially important because it might be something that could be applied in other countries where we see similar level of need for support for those going into the legislative process. So I was very pleased to see it. I wonder if perhaps you could start by explaining what inspired you to co-found Genova BR and describe the organization's mission. I ask because I think people may not understand this is not a this is a nonpartisan entity that really is available to political actors from across the spectrum, uh, especially for aspiring political leaders and policymakers from just entering the, the political system. Could you tell us a little bit about what uh, caused you to begin the program? Sure. So pleasure to be here. Um, nice talking to you again, Ricardo. The concept around Renova resonates uh, somewhat to my own. Uh, history of, uh, you know, intentions of engaging into uh, civic society. Uh, when I was uh, younger and, uh, you know, I come from a family, my mom is a public school teacher and uh, always had, you know, some degree of, you know, of, uh, involvement, in, especially in the social matters in Brazil. And uh, when I was uh, growing a little bit older, I started to think, you know, how can I help? And we always know by understanding democracy that participating and being, you know, someone that can eventually become an elected leader someday is is a form of participating. But the next uh, phase of it would require essentially getting into a political party and registering and getting involved into some sort of like a political activity. And uh, I had the opportunity to try that once. And uh, my experience was was really bad, and uh, especially because I saw that the political system in Brazil, not to generalize, but in, in general, is uh, somewhat, uh, you know, has been very 
conservative in terms of uh, bringing in new talent and allowing people that didn't have a political legacy nor a political last name to get involved. So uh, after that process, I think my first comment to myself was, how can we think about changing the nature of politics if there is not a pathway for people who are non-affiliated to any party, non-affiliated to any you know, political family or political legacy to get involved? So we need to find a way through which people that have an interest in serving and getting involved in civic civil service and politics, there is a way for these people to, to participate and get involved. So that's the background reason for creating Henova, which is essentially uh, a way, given the fact that the system, the political system is not providing this pathway, although it receives public funding to do so, but it doesn't, how can we as a society uh, not just let the status quo continue not to do what it should and we create alternatives? So by creating alternatives, we can you know, show that there is a path and show that there is a possibility for people who are aspiring leaders that want to get involved and that want to serve and that want to change the nature of their towns, the state and the country, that they have a pathway to get involved. So that's the main reason for launching Henov. And the mission for us is very clear, is uh, to allow and to train people to get into politics. And uh, that doesn't require a view, a certain view of the world, it requires a certain behavior and it requires a certain sense of serving. And that's what is most important for us rather than being in a, or trying to, to, to put people in buckets. If you're right, if you're left, if you're center, it doesn't matter. But you know, why you want to get involved in politics? Uh, why do you think you can be a driver for change? And as a result of that, uh, you know, how can you contribute to society? Because ultimately, society will choose you, not us. We're just uh, an enabler that, assuming that you have that interest and you have, you know, that sort of vocation, uh, that you won't give up. So that's the, the mission and why we created this, uh, this initiative. And, you know, our, uh, our uh, main goal at the end of the day is so that people who uh, would consider getting involved in politics and are highly qualified individuals, outstanding people that we would love to see in any sort of representation. Our main objective is that they persevere and that they don't give up because uh, in the context of Brazil, there are so many roadblocks for uh, people to get involved in politics that if we can you know, be a, a partner in this journey, helping them to persevere, I think the whole country will gain. Well, it must be very exciting because it's already showing some results. In fact, at the Wilson Center, uh, we have spoken previously with some of Renova's graduates and even hosted some of them, like uh, Tiago Mitral, Tabata Amaral, uh, Marcelo Calero, others. It's an impressive list. And the, the, uh, we know that a number of them were also elected in the 2018 general elections to local and national offices. I understand that Renova was again successful in the recent municipal elections in Brazil. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. When we had our first results back in 2018, we had uh, 113 students who decided to run for uh, Congress. 
and uh, 17 got elected. It was in total 4.5 million votes. And uh, this was for the general election back in 2018. So we had to adapt the program because in 2020, uh, the elections were municipal. And it was, uh, and the dynamics are very different. There are 27 states in Brazil, but there are 5,560 municipalities, which is a very different sort of uh, dispersion and a different sort of problems as well. So we understand that in order to you know, achieve a higher degree of coverage, uh, we had to move to uh, online learning, which we did. So essentially our program, which was uh, uh, which is a four-month training program, one hour, $100 plus of uh, in-classroom in instruction, plus a number of other assignments. And uh, uh, you have to, to finish course, you have to present a thesis, you have to present a lot of that to the, to the teachers and so on. Uh, so we moved online. And by doing that, uh, we enhanced a lot of the outreach of the program. So we had over 45,000 people who applied to become a student of Renova in the 2019 uh, class, which was focused on the municipalities. Uh, we ended up training between 2019 and 2020 about 1,800 students. And uh, uh, those were people who were, had the intention to run for uh, mayors or city council members, vereadores, uh, which is uh, another name here locally. and. Uh, with a very high dispersion throughout Brazil, people from these tiny villages in the Amazon, people from you know big cities like São Paulo, and uh, about a thousand fifty seven to be precise ran in the election, and that this was a an election uh, you know as I, as we said very dispersed from you know very small cities to big cities, and uh, one hundred and fifty three got elected. So in total, uh, we have. Now, 170 people who are Renova graduates that are occupying a position as an elected member, which is a, a decent number. Uh, I, you know, I'm, at least on my end, I'm, I'm very happy with that figure. Coupled with that, uh, we have a number of people who didn't win, but have been invited to form governments as well, which is a side benefit of Renova that we don't talk much about, but is really remarkable. Uh, for instance, just in the municipality of Rio de Janeiro, under the mayor Eduardo Paes, you have five Renova graduates composing its first cabinet. And that's a situation that you know you see across Brazil, in different areas and in different places. So uh, a lot of people tend to give us credit just for the ones that get elected. But they are you know, the unsung heroes, which are very important as well. Uh, that end up going to uh, compose, uh, you know, groups and, you know, cabinet members in municipalities, state, even at the federal level. So that's uh, an important uh, component of what we, we have been doing. And I'm asking, you know, we're somewhat calculating what's the number of people that we have in, in government. It's hard to keep track of because, you know, we didn't have that, that data the capacity to, to, to collect that data, uh, because a lot of that, you know, you have different data sources to collect that. But I would say that the number is really, is really surprised at the amount of people that have passed through our classroom that didn't have any political engagement, prior political engagement, and that are now 
forming cabinets uh, throughout Brazil. Well, that's actually really important because what you're talking about is taking this DNA of commitment and uh, arriving prepared to work in public service, and you're putting it at all levels from the very local to higher level, and uh, you're placing people in other than elected positions. So that actually does have a very significant impact. And particularly when you deal with the kinds of problems that are facing uh, uh, Brazil today. I mean, obviously, political corruption has been in the headlines over the last six years and more. And we know that ANOVA uh, is very involved in trying to address that issue through its emphasis on ethics and public service in the training courses. And I was uh, very pleased to see that when this was being initiated. In fact, I thought of it more as a government ethics course and and, uh, was uh, very interested to learn that it was really about the entire process of governing, which was equally needed. Uh, Do you believe that this younger generation, this incoming generation of leaders has the power to change that political culture, which I think was part of what you described as one of the barriers you encountered when you tried to enter public service? Oh, I believe so. But in order to achieve that, uh, this movement has to be done in a robust manner. Uh, what we say in Portuguese, I don't know if there is a translation in English. You know, it's really hard. If you have, historically, we thought that just by electing one person, one good person, the solution would just get to us. But what we understand is that in order to change the habits and uh, the behaviors, you need to have a lot of people because that's when the cultural shift can actually happen. That's the main reason why I'm a firm believer of the benefits of the results of Hanova over the course of the years. Because if we're successful on this journey, it's going to be those people, they're going to come with new habits, they're going to come with new sorts of behaviors. And as you have a growing number of people operating under that sort of model, that becomes the norm and no longer the exception. The problem is that it has been the exception. And as you know, it's very hard to change culture when the exception, uh, if you have, you know, or if your benchmark is the exception, the benchmark has to be the norm. So you need to bring new people and that's going to take a long time. People need to understand that because those are years of lack of political engagement. Those are years of lack of, you know, understanding by the Brazilian society that politics is important and that we need to bring better people to politics in order to have a better country. And there is no country in the world or society that we admire that, you know, has a broken political system, unless it's like a non-democracy, right? But, you know, there is the correlation between societies that function well and a good political system with good political leadership is very high. It's very high. So, uh, we need to, to, to change, you know, from, from the grassroots here and bring people that, you know, can, you know, increasingly more people that can help to change that. So that's, that's my hope. Uh, I think, you know, this is going to take time. I think, do they have the potential? Yes, but it's going to take time because until if you get to Brasilia and, you know, when you get into the Congress and what you see, is the old norm, you know, that old norm will have the strength to prevail as long as it is a majority. So you need to create that sort of uh, shifting balance and, you know, have a, have a new 
new ways of operating and new ways of behavior that respond to the needs or you know to the ambitions of society. And that is extremely ambitious. We have a saying that culture beats strategy every time. So your strategy is to change the culture, and I think that's a it's actually a, a brilliant investment uh, and one that's also measurable and one where you can see that happening. So I think uh, uh, it, it is really important. And this is, I think, as I said, uh, one of the reasons why I find it so interesting is to be able to watch it and measure it over time and see if it is a model that could be employed elsewhere, because that's the, that's the importance of this. I think there's some certain flexibility. It's not just Brazilian. You're really talking about democratic culture uh, in this community of diplomat of uh, democracies. So, Speaking of culture, one of the characteristics of Brazilian politics is the power of traditional elites. As you said, if you don't have a political last name, it's very hard to become a part of this uh, system. If you're a, from a poorer family or part of a traditionally disadvantaged group, you know, that is obviously a very complicated undertaking to come into the political system. So how has Renova worked to increase the diversity of elected leaders in Brazil, especially in terms of race and gender? And is this greater diversity important? Oh, the greater diversity is super important. We have to, people need to understand that politics is a place for everybody. And if the country is belongs to everyone, the politics needs to, to belong to everyone as well. So that's uh, really key. So we had from, from day one, we had a clear uh, case for inclusion. And uh, we had uh, at least one person, sometimes two persons in the team. Speaking to social groups and uh, and groups that represent parts of society which are underrepresented in politics, inviting them to participate in our process, and uh, uh, we've seen massive evolution between 2018 to 2020. And uh, in 2018, it was really hard to you know for women to get involved and participate in the process. In 2018, out of the people who applied for the program. Uh, less than 10% were women, while in 2019, uh, we had a number of already 30% women applying to the program. And uh, when you talk about non-white, also, we moved from about 18% non-white to 40% non-white. And that's, uh, in part, I would credit that to two things. First, the push that the team uh, of Hanova and uh, that has done, but also I think the good examples that we had uh, by people understanding that this is this is something that they can they can participate and the fact that our program is free uh, also removes a lot of the friction, right? It's something that we you know if we want to make it inclusive, we need to make it free and people want to when we have the in-person lessons. People that can't afford uh, a plane ride or or need the support to you know to stay and you know will support them. So there is a uh, nobody that doesn't have the financial means to participate won't be able to participate. What you need is to get through the selection process, which is uh, getting increasingly difficult because we're having a number of people uh, you know willing to participate, which is good. Because that just shows that the Brazilian society is understanding that, you know, in order to change the dynamics of the country, uh, we need to be uh, more engaged and with a high degree of participation. And we had some interesting results, uh, even amongst our graduates in the capital cities uh, last election, because 
Brazil, is, we had the elections in very tiny cities, although we had some positive results, like in Bezerros, Pernambuco, Luciele Laurentino, which was part of our first cohort back, back in 2018. She tried to run. She's a, she has a beautiful story, by the way. She has, you know, more than 10 siblings uh, worked in, in a farm growing coffee. And uh, she had a scholarship, when, went to university, then she went to study in Spain, went back to her city, hometown, Bezerros, and she ran for mayor and she won. First woman in that office and uh, someone that never had any political affiliation or background is something, you know, really remarkable. And uh, she, she was definitely, you know, one of the happy moments in this election. But in the larger cities of Brazil, the women, uh, they represented uh, about almost 50% of the elected uh, graduates from our, our group. So that was a good sign. So we look at in, you know, cities like Curitiba, Belo Horizonte, and so on. It's like 48% of the elect, elected ones in capital cities are women, which is a, a very positive figure as well. So I think we're, we're helping to drive uh, diversity. I think, you know, good examples are what we, we need the most. So assuming that we'll have good, you know, good cases that will help younger women to say, listen, this is what I want to be. And uh, that's going to help to reinforce uh, the wheel and, and get us to, you know, even better figures over time. So we have time for one last question, and that's uh, really what is Renova looking at in terms of preparations for the 2022 uh, general elections, which are actually rapidly approaching on the political calendar. Yes. So uh, we are we have our enrollment process uh, opening up in the next days. This is going to be a. Uh, uh, I think we're learning a lot from this election process, and uh, we'll have to. We were expecting that we would work in a blended model, uh, in person, distance learning. But you know, with COVID, we don't really know how it's going to be. And uh, our goal is to obviously, you know, train, get all the learnings and the experiences that we had in the past two elections and put them to work to make the program uh, more effective and more dynamic and more engaging. Although our net promoter score has been very high, we have, you know, over 80 in average. Our last class has 94 NPS, which is a very high number. So I think we're doing well on the educational front. And... uh, as any organization, I think that the goal, major goal that we have is the institutionalization process, uh, you know, making sure that the Renova uh, is something that is a, is a legacy for Brazilian society and that can continue to, to work and do its, uh, and, and, and do its uh, job and develop in the way it should. And uh, that's the more, more on the, I would say, the, the, the longer term. But for 2022, I think it's uh, the preparation of people and uh, making sure that when people get to Congress, uh, they can be effective, effective leaders. It's what's more important. And that trend has to grow and continue. So uh, that's, 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 that's the aspiration for 22. Well, congratulations again on the work. And I have to say, it's very clear that every democracy needs sustenance. Every democracy needs help to do exactly what you described, which is to help people who want to be engaged and improve conditions in their communities find a roadmap, find an on-ramp onto that. And it doesn't just happen. 
So congratulations. And I think many people may not have really understood uh, who weren't following it closely. It is free. And there is maybe no more important way of leveling the playing field than providing access to people who otherwise might not have a chance because of the nature of where they come from. Uh, and you've provided some great examples of that. So thank you. Uh, look forward to further discussions with you and uh, congratulations and good luck with your future preparations. Thank you. And uh, one thing that's uh, interesting to share with people that may be listening to us is that we are having increasing demand from other Latin American countries in to expand the program. So we have uh, inquiries from countries like uh, Panama, Colombia, uh, Chile, Argentina, uh, El Salvador, and uh, we, our program is completely open source. We understand political politics in the region uh, are not equal or they have their differences, but you know we're definitely open for any sort of dialogue and expansion. We believe that you know there is room for for that and uh, for the improvement of uh, quality of representation throughout Latin America. So if we can work maybe with the Wilson Center on this, you know, that can be a remarkable act. Well, we are happy to do this because we know it's a contribution to the entire region. Uh, thank you again, and again, best of luck. Thank you. Bye-bye. For more information about politics in Brazil, including interviews with some of the politicians and Hanova VR graduates mentioned in this episode, visit wilsoncenter.org slash Brazil. This episode of the Brazil Institute podcast was produced and edited by Oscar Cruz. Until next time, thanks for listening.